Welcome, Zubaroos, to a Zuberific New Year of Channel KRT. I'm your host for this week, Tyler Green. I'm Kit Quinn, and no, I am not a baby fox. I'm Randy Martin, and if you're wondering why I'm all sneezy and congested, um, I have an animal dander allergy, and this show is making me sneeze really bad. Basically, you're allergic to Mayor Ben and his <laughs> terrible policies. I have a bad cat allergy. So I don't know if it was Mayor Ben or Van Gogh that's giving me allergies. Wait, you guys have been having allergies? I've just been waking up in cold sweats every night screaming for no reason whatsoever. I mean, I'd assume it's because of this show, but... I have muscle spasms. I have nightmares. I have hallucinations. I think I got worms. One Ah! one of those guys gave me worms. (laughs) I have crabs. A crabs experiment. (laughs) (laughs) The show in question that we're talking about is a... Very fascinating case, and that show, of course, is Zoobly Zoo. A.K.A. the scared straight equivalent of a furry show. Basically, if you watch Zoobly Zoo as a child, you're one of those people with a weird, irrational hatred of furries. But if you grew up with Sonic the Hedgehog as a child, then you're definitely a furry. I mean, can you blame them? This show is nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah, this is this is what caused weird furry hate. <laughs> Okay, so if you haven't heard of Zoobly Zoo, first of all, bless you. Second of all, for those who don't know, according to IMDb, it's about the adventures of various anthropomorphic animals as they face the challenges of life together. And they are humans in animal makeup, and it is god-awful. It's so weird, because in the books, it shows them all drawn out, and it shows the plushies as regular animals. There was no reason this couldn't have been a cartoon. It it wouldn't have been great, but... Some animators (laughs) could have had a job, but no. I was curious. I was looking at the merch for myself, and it really doesn't qualify for a Channel KRT toy store, because there's not a lot to work with, but looking at the plushies that I found, the art style reminds me a lot of Rainbow Bright. There's no reason why this show couldn't have been animated exactly like that. It reminded me a lot of the Get Along Gang. Also a bad show, but at least that had the audacity to be animated. I'm looking at a couple of book covers for like the Zoobilly Zoo books, and these animal illustrations are like good. It's like how there was initially going to be an animated Cats movie that actually had some really fun little designs. And then instead, we go with Tom Hooper's nightmare fuel idea. So, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think any of us grew up with this show. Nope. Nope, and I think I'm better (laughs) off for it. I have enough issues already. I remember you guys used to stream it, and then I'd tune in occasionally to see what was going on. And I'd see you guys shouting, We are not your fucking Zubaroos! And I was like, oh god, what am I missing? I don't know what a Zubaru is. All I know is I want him dead. Honestly, I noticed that he has two words. If you're an animal, you're a Zoobal. If you're a viewer, you're a Zubaru. So are Zubarus just inferior? Is Mayor Ben racist? Mayor Ben is a fucking bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I can't believe we have to cancel the weird Mayor Cat from Zoobly Zoo. Is anyone non-problematic these days? Well, funny you should mention that. Um... I was looking on IMDb and Wikipedia about Ben Vereen because I know he was a Broadway actor. Oh no, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He got accused of sexual misconduct in 2018. Come on, Will Smith's deadbeat dad, you're better than this. Yeah. Yep, there is a connection between this and the fucking Fresh Prince. If you don't know Ben Vereen as Mayor Ben, you know him as Will Smith's deadbeat dad in that one episode. And I know he was also in in Top 5 in the background somewhere. (laughs) 
friendly reminder that Will is not a coat and Will is not a closet. You're not supposed to be here for Will. You're supposed to be here for Jeffrey. <laughs> How come he doesn't call me Zubaru? <laughs> How come he don't call me Zubaru, man? I'll say this much. At least it's better than when they had Trump on. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, yeah. But we don't have to talk about him. <laughs> uh, so... As we mentioned, we really didn't grow up with this show, so there's not really a whole lot for us to say in terms of our history. But I will say the the way I found out about this show was basically scrolling through Retro Junk in 2006 and coming across the title sequence and being very confused. Yeah, I remember I was looking up, and like I said, I kind of somewhat discovered it through mitosis, through our friend group, how we were all streaming it and such. Then I also kind of discovered it while I was randomly looking at programs that the Hallmark Channel had broadcast, which by the way, in the intro for this show, they say that the show was underwritten by Hallmark, so they're basically admitting that it had little effort in it. (laughs) Yeah, because there was an article I read earlier from Mental Floss that talks about how the show came to be and how it was marketed. Apparently at one point, someone came to Hallmark with a pitch for a Zoobly Zoo theme park, and they passed on it. Oh my god. For the better. For the better. But there's probably an alternate reality where it's similar to like those roadside Bible land places or like that really obscure Hanna-Barbera theme park that existed somewhere in the Midwest. It would probably be like a mini land tucked somewhere in a Six Flags. (laughs) That Hanna-Barbera land, that was at Kings Island, actually, which is a pretty famous theme park. It's mostly a roller coaster park, kind of like Six Flags or, you know, all that. But it is a pretty neat little park. And that Hanna-Barbera land was really impressive. They had a ride where, like, you go in a TV and there's this annoying fucking little jingle playing. Oh, and fun fact, uh, somewhere in England there is a Peppa Pig land, so do with that what you will. (laughs) Basically, Peppa is the known ruler of the universe. I'm, I'm pretty sure Peppa Pig owes her entire success to YouTube kids. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> you know what? I'm very, 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 very glad this hasn't caught on with the Elsa Gate groups. Oh, God. Because God. just imagine the fucking content we would get out of that. Well, I was gathering a couple of episodes together and kind of watching it to get more familiar. I did come across, I'm not sure if it was an official product or if it was an animation someone did, where they did something called the Zoo Olympics. So it was kind of like a PC game for Zoobly Zoo, only this was like animated. It it was kind of fascinating. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Animal Olympics, so that was kind of fun. So whoever did that animation, congratulations and thank you for making it less terrifying. <laughs> I have never heard of Zoobly Zoo until these two came into my life. So thank you both for ruining my life. <laughs> Hooray! You're I'm welcome. kidding, I love you both. <laughs> You know what kind of friends will we be if we didn't ruin your life in some capacity? You know what? You guys ruined my life for the better. Oh, you guys ruined my life for the better too. My friend Lottie, aka Tyler's girlfriend, we're actually—I actually told her, "Hi, baby." Aw, I actually told her a little bit about this show, and she was like, "Uh, is this a cult recruitment video?" And I'm like, "You're not wrong." If someone showed me this and said it was something Heaven's Gate created, I would literally go along with it. I would totally believe it. Join the Zubaroos. I have a theory. I mentioned the island of Dr. Moreau earlier. This is definitely Baby's first island of Dr. Moreau. Absolutely. In every way possible. 
Like, I'm I'm just really tempted to write a reboot of Zoobly Zoo in which a bunch of normal humans are invited by a politician to visit a secluded island, and basically they get turned into animals and their personalities all get distorted and shit, and <gasps> yeah. Oh my god, you're so right. Especially since Zoobly Zoo looks fucking broken. Like, the entire land is just made up of all these items, but it looks like it could be easily knocked over if you stand up, Prog. So I'm just like, yeah, this is definitely post-apocalyptic in some way. It's also, in a sense, the characters you see on this show are the only characters on Zoobly Zoo. Like, the place. And then they show that other lands exist within the show, as well as other dimensions, I guess. But they also show that humans exist, so I'm just like, where the fuck are we? So you're telling me that these fucking weird people in animal suits have pretty much completely perfected interdimensional travel? (laughs) I guess maybe (laughs) this is what happened where they both did the island of Dr. Moreau and then eventually they'll have an episode similar to Adventure Time that explains how everything went to shit. Are you telling me that the Zoobles have access to our universe? How am I ever supposed to feel safe ever again? So you're telling me that this show gave way to not only Happy Tree Friends, but also Rick and Morty? To be fair, you have to have a high intelligence to watch Zoobly Zoo. No, you have to be very high to watch Zoobly Zoo. Ah! But I don't smoke pot, so... Yes, I have a Zoobly Zoo tattoo, and no, you may not see it. It is for the ladies' eyes only. You know, I'll give this show credit. The theme song is very catchy, and the actors are very talented. I can't deny that. I need to talk about this theme song because it's been stuck in my head for God knows how long now. (laughs) The Zoobly Zoo rabbit hole for me runs really deep because I spent the majority of the last couple days just binging this show because it is just all the creative choices in this show are legit fascinating and that theme just hooks you right in. It is a banger and I am not afraid to say that. Absolutely. It's like it hits way too hard for such a community theater pantomime type show. Come along with us to Zoobly Zoo. You know, I almost feel a little bad making fun of it so much. And don't get me wrong, spoiler, this is still going to be an erase the tapes for me. But I can't deny there is some effort. Like, like you can tell the cast is having fun with the roles that they're given. It's just, you know, still pretty nightmarish. <laughs> it's kind of like Return to Oz in that regards. It's like, I respect it. I respect why it exists. And I kind of like that it's a horror aesthetic. But at the same time, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't kind of also a mess. <laughs> hey, you know how they rebooted the Banana Splits, but as a horror film? Well, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, we're probably going to get a Barney horror movie, so... <laughs> If the next Five Nights at Freddy's movies falls to pieces again, make that one the Zoobly Zoo horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Randy will write it. We'll we'll do it for free. But yeah, in case anyone didn't know, the Banana Splits horror movie was actually supposed to be the official Five Nights at Freddy's movie that's been in development hell all these years. And because it fell through, they just went for the Banana Splits IP instead. 
You know what, guys? I'm probably going to alienate a bunch of people by saying this, but the Banana Splits horror movie is actually really good. I thought it was pretty good. Nothing I'd watch again, but... I definitely want to do a Banana Splits movie episode somewhere down the line, but there was just always something that unnerved me about them, and it just felt so cathartic to me to see them become horror characters absolutely like oh my god remember how they'd come on every single fucking morning on boomerang yeah i'd wake up at like 5 30 in the morning with that on the tv and i'd just be very confused <laughs> you can't tell me that the tra-la-la song is an occult recruitment <laughs> fun fact uh that was a six flags they were at in the theme song oh no oh man also since the character voiced by paul winchell in the movie is done by well all of them are done by eric bowza i officially think that we should put eric bowza as the next tigger yes, yes. or we just resurrect paul winchell <laughs> if you can do a good tigger impression you've pretty much got poo down too absolutely yeah who is literally just calmer less raspy tigger so i mean we can probably find a way to weekend at bernie's paul winchell i'm sure you yeah. know Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll weekend at Bernie Sterling Holloway, too. We'll find a way. All right. <laughs> so remember when they found that old mummified thousands of years old Egyptian priest mm -hmm. and they managed to get the sound of his voice digitally oh, by yeah. scanning his vocal cords? <laughs> so here's what I think we should do with Paul Winchell. <laughs> And anyway, speaking of voice acting, so one of the interesting things I found out is that the cast of this show isn't all that obscure. Like, who plays Wazat, you may ask? Stevie Valance, aka Miss Clavel from Madeline. And also Sally from Three Men and a Baby. Not only that, but she was also Dixie Kong in the uh, Donkey Kong Country cartoon. Holy shit! <laughs> Yeah, she was. Yet another terrifying children's show, which we should definitely do an episode on one day. I will hear no Donkey Kong slander. That show was a masterpiece. <laughs> are we going to have more discourse? Yes, yes, we are. Okay. <laughs> and then, as Tyler was telling us earlier, so she also did voices for Sonic, you said. Oh, the good furries. And Gary Schwartz, who plays Bravo Fox, actually does voice acting for Team Fortress 2. Heavy! Yeah, he's freaking heavy. <laughs> heavy oh and demo God. man. I am heavy weapons guy. And this is my weapon. There is nothing more fascinating to me than seeing people who do these weird-ass kid shows go from stuff like having to dress up in animal costumes to voicing these big video game movie Roles. It's kind of similar to all the connections we discovered in the That's So Raven episode, to a degree in the Barney episode, the Puzzle Place episode, and the Adventures in Wonderland episode. Everything just keeps coming back! And <laughs> oh my god, since Gary Schwartz's voice is heavy, there's officially a pipeline from Zoobly Zoo to Skellington's Revenge. And not only that, but there is also a Michael Jackson connection of all things. Oh man, we can't what? escape! <laughs> yes. So Forrest Gardner, who plays Van Gogh Lion, he sadly passed away in 2014, rest in peace. Oh, man. He was actually a backing dancer in Captain fucking EO. <laughs> so both he and freaking Doug Benson have connections to Michael Jackson. What the fuck? And by the way, Zoobly Zoo premiered in the same year as Captain EO. Hang on. So... I'm trying to look up Ben Vereen, Captain EO connection. Um, I guess he actually posted. I haven't seen enough of it. I just remember the clip from uh, No Context Disney specials, but... Oh, no. Oh, man. I, I guess he actually 
hosted like a sneak preview of Captain EO. <laughs> he is the one who goes to the door that says absolutely no looky loos allowed. He's the one who goes to that door, opens it, and is like, oh, it's okay. I know Mickey. So there was an episode of Zoobly Zoo where we met Elmo the Clown as played by Robert Shields. What? Does that name ring a bell to you guys by any chance? Kinda. No, but I'm probably gonna f- gonna like realize it once you tell me what he was in. <laughs> Same. <laughs> All right. Well, it just so happens that he's one half of Shields and Yarnell, who were in the 1978 Christmas at Walt Disney World special. They were the giant creepy babies. Ah! I am quitting this podcast. Goodbye. No. Bye. Nope. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> And then Michael B. Moynihan, he was also in the Beverly Hillbillies movie as also a dancer. <laughs> and then... Oh, Sandy Grin. Sandy Grin, yes. So he actually has some major work behind him as well. He was the additional crew for Beetlejuice, Child's Play 2 and 3, and he was part of DC Follies, of all things. Oh, no. If you want to talk about more Nightmare Fuel. Ah. <laughs> oh. Uh, so he has a Weird Al connection. You know what? At least this show is easier on the eyes than DC Follies. Absolutely. <laughs> let's let's be honest with ourselves. At least this show has some decent songs. <laughs> decent is a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So should we get into the episode itself? Let's get this over with. <laughs> let's rip this fucking band-aid off right, right here right now. All right. So the episode in question is called Pigment Puzzle and... This was stupid. Yeah, but it was, again, a fascinating kind of stupid. So basically the gist of this episode is that there's a thief running around Zoobly Zoo who keeps stealing color-related things. Well, the episode actually opens with Mayor Ben painting and he's like, Hello, Zubaroos! And it's like, I'm not your fucking Zubaroo! We're not your fucking Zubaroos. I am not your goddamn Zubaroo if you call me that one more time. You know what? Zubaroo was a slur. <laughs> Zubaru is basically a little pog champ. <laughs> Mayor Ben is yelling epithets at the viewers, and I really don't like that. <laughs> the episode where Mayor Ben gets the entire show canceled and has to resign. <laughs> the episode where Mayor Ben gets canceled. <laughs> the episode where Mayor Ben makes a Netflix special about how no one lets him call them Zubarus anymore. <laughs> Not to spoil it, but there is a song at the end that I guess could relate to cancel culture. Ah! (laughs) Cancel culture is ruining the sanctity of Zoobly Zoo. (laughs) There's probably a Zoobly Zoo version of 4chan. (laughs) Zoo-chan. Oh, no, wait, no, 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 no. Forget I ever said the word Zoo-chan. Nope, 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 nope. (laughs) Moving on. Okay, so the episode starts off with Mayor Ben painting a picture, except he's not. Because basically the setup that he has is that it's just a blank canvas with nothing on it. He says that he's painting without colors or some shit like that. Yeah, and he's just like, you don't see anything? I'm just like, oh my god, so Mayor Ben is probably one of those scam artists who just paints like a single line on a painting and then sells it for like $5,000. (laughs) Mayor Ben says, um, I don't see color. You know what, Mayor Ben? Fuck you and fuck your $600 stimulus. (laughs) So he pretty much sets up the topic for the episode. Basically what he says is, so today the Zoobles are going to help bring color to another land or something like that, which is 
what happens, basically. You know what I just realized? What? This show aired, like, between 1986 and 1987. Um, black and white TVs were still very much a thing back in that day. Like, little portable TVs were black and white. If you were poor, you probably still had a black and white TV. Either you were confused, or you were like, oh, fuck you, Ben. Back to the Future basically kind of revitalized the 50s-style TV, so... I know there was an episode of Monk that did, like, a noir-style episode where they had one version of the episode in color and another in black and white. I do have a black and white TV, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I have a little teeny tiny Sylvania black and white TV. It's not, like, (gasps) super vintage or anything, but it's still pretty old. It's a little CRT black and white, and I think you were supposed to bring this thing in the car or whatever to Mm. entertain yourself on a trip. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, uh... Yeah, uh, so that's what made me start thinking, like, you know, black and white TV was still a thing, and here they are doing a whole episode about color. This is like Walt Disney's World of Color saying, fuck you people who can't afford a color TV all over again. (laughs) Oh yeah, I remember the first episode of that where Walt is introducing it and it's in black and white, and then after a few minutes he snaps his fingers and then he's like, haha, bitch, I pulled a fast one on ya. Now we're in fabulous color. And I really can't imagine how badly the portion of the audience that didn't have color TVs just really wanted to give Walt the middle finger right then and there. Yeah, so basically, Mayor Ben kind of sets what's going to happen up in the episode because he mentions that the Zubaroos or the Zoobles or whatever the hell they're called, it's just... This show gives me a headache. Which is confusing as hell because basically, so he knows all the shit that's going to go down. So at first I thought, oh, okay, so he's like the narrator in a series of unfortunate events where they can't actually see him, but he plays into the story or something. Or like the singing rooster on Robin Hood or something. But no, he's still involved with the show. So I'm just like, is he a fucking time lord or something? Are we all Mayor Ben's hallucination? Mayor Ben is the chess master and we are all the pawns, man. I think Mayor Ben is just doing a lot of acid. (laughs) That's why he's painting a picture with, like, nothing but white, and then it's like, oh yeah, you can't see that. It's like, you motherfucker, you know how all of these are gonna be resolved, so you have all this power, and you do nothing. Nothing! (laughs) Oh, so he's Nancy Pelosi, is what you're saying. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) For all we know, Mayor Ben knows 9-11 happens, and he does nothing to stop it. (laughs) so is george bush is what you're saying ah (laughs) (laughs) Um, jet fuel can't melt steel beams zubaroos (laughs) how does everything in this show always come back to (laughs) (laughs) 9-11 so it cuts to Takatu looking around her house looking for her red scarf that she seems to misplace. And then Bravo comes in saying, I've lost my lucky spats when they're yellow. And then Lookout the Bear comes in and says, oh no, I've lost my blue skateboard. But he calls it like a cool blue lean mean racing machine. Which, uh, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure you're a lame ass. You know what's weird? Why are they specifying the color of the things they lost? Like if I lose my phone, am I going to walk up to you guys like, Yo, I can't find my red iPhone anywhere. Hey, have you guys seen my silver MacBook? (laughs) Hey, have you guys seen my blue depression? (laughs) (laughs) And then Bill DeBeaver comes in, which, by the way, Bill DeBeaver, Bill the Beaver, Bill DeBeaver. (gasps) Fuck you, Zoobly Zoo. 
my god, the show has such dumb puns. Although I did kind of get a laugh out of when Bravo Fox shows up and then he's just like, It's a disaster! A disaster! Damn, damn, damn! What is a disaster? Well, a disaster is when something bad happens to me! Relatable! Relatable. I got a small chuckle out of that only because it sounded so much like Edwin in that scene. That definitely sounded like an Edwin line. <laughs> Okay, so Builder Beaver comes in, and this is literally his only scene in the episode. He comes on just to say, Hey guys, someone stole my yellow safety glasses. Oh, there they are. Bye guys. That's literally all he does in the episode. He doesn't even come back in the last scene where they all get their stuff back. Yeah, he comes back for like a scene that's obviously pre-recorded, but we'll get into that. And then Wazak comes out and then she's just all, oh, I'm sorry guys that you lost your items. You know, I was just a little disappointed that they didn't start suspecting Bill and Wazak. Like, say, why aren't they freaking out for us that much? And why are they going off? I was just- Which, quick question, how do you guys feel about Wazak? You know, in my opinion, I'd probably say she's- Nowhere near the level of Baby Bop, even though her voice is a bit too squeaky for my liking. Yeah, I'd say Stevie Valance makes her very tolerable, but, like, she has this annoying thing where her voice will just be like, And the kangaroo! Some weird fucking jump in her voice, which... It feels like what they were trying to do with it is give her a trait similar to, like, say, Ernie's laugh, but it just sounds so annoying and out of nowhere. It's like, I guess she isn't quite as annoying as Baby Bop because she seems to have an actual personality and shit, but that little element is just like, eh. At least Wazat Kangaroo isn't an obnoxious little shit. She actually does things to get the plot moving, and she does have her own episodes where she actually is a character, oh my god, and she isn't one-dimensional, like a certain green demon that I can think of. I'll get back to you on that, but <laughs> was that is kind of like if you took Cindy Lauper and then took an aborted fetus and then shoved them both in a blender... <laughs> And then took a vial of that, put it in a little syringe, and forcibly injected a kangaroo with that DNA. That's where Wazat comes from. That is that is just the vibe she gives me. But at least it ain't Kangaroo Jack. Am I right, fellas? Yay! That movie was a goddamn ripoff. <laughs> I'm still mad. This is kind of a side note, but there was an episode of Doug Loves Movies where Ryan Johnson was on and he was talking about working on Knives Out with Michael Shannon. And at one point he's talking with the others, say, what's your favorite movie you've been in? And Michael Shannon's like, eh, I'm going to go over there. Then he's, then after a moment or so, you hear him loudly say, have you guys heard of Kangaroo Jack? <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I was just really surprised they didn't go into, like, some side plot where, like, they start thinking that Wazat and Bill are suspicious because of how quickly they find their items. I was like, that could have been interesting. Why didn't they do that? But no, <laughs> it'd be like the Zoobles kill either of them. <laughs> <laughs> also, before we transition to the next scene, we also got to mention Wazat's Silver Flute. Yeah, man. <laughs> they just make a big deal out of Wazat and her silver flute. She's like, oh man, I hope nothing bad happens to my silver flute that I'm holding in my hand and taking with me to my friend's house right now, you guys. Nothing bad's gonna happen, right? And she's fucking waving it around and just leaving it in random places. You know, on a side note, is she supposed to be a little kid? Because... 
think about it. Like, they're often showing scenes where Van Gogh is holding her and she's often being talked to like she's a kid in the group. I'm like, is she the only child in this group? I think she is because I one of the episodes I watched was her being sad about not meeting the tooth fairy because she lost her first tooth or whatever. So she's definitely supposed to be a kid, I think. Yeah. I really hope she's supposed to be a kid because the alternative is very disturbing. <laughs> hey, kids, it's the DDLG kangaroo. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we get the next scene where was that and Van Gogh, the lion, are hanging out. And he basically sings this song, which is like an R&B love ballad about colors, but also it kind of... Plays off like he's trying to hit on was that? There's a gold from the morning sun and the green from the tallest tree. See the red on the wings of a beautiful bird, the pure white of a snow covered scene. Ugh, no. All right, we've confirmed it. Was that's whole thing is a DDLG? set up <laughs> probably <laughs> should we tell god about this you guys we should report this to god and yeah. just be like send this show to hell where it belongs this is beyond god i'm telling ganesh <laughs> i don't care if was that is technically an adult i need a fucking adult and i'm calling well i'm not gonna call the police because they cab but <laughs> i'm calling god i'm calling ganesh i'm calling allah I'm calling all of them. Yay! So Van Gogh and Wazat start painting, and Wazat puts her silver flute on the table, and guess what happens, you guys? Ah, it gets stolen. Holy wow. shit. Nobody saw that coming. She's a fucking dumbass. <laughs> so then this black and white villain shows up and steals the paints as well as the flute. Which, by the way, the flute isn't colorful. We find out that the villain's his goal is to bring color to the land of black and white where he's from. The flute is not colorful. What the fuck was that gonna bring? Silver shows up on black and white. <laughs> it's just shiny gray. I'm sure I'm sure someone's screaming at us in their car right now, telling us that silver's an actual color, and to them, we're very sorry. And there's also this really weird line that comes from both Wazat and Van Gogh. They have this weird exchange where uh Wazat says Well oh yeah, maybe we should call the police. Oh, Wazat. Zulu Zoo doesn't have any police. We're all friends. We've never needed police. Until, Until now. You were this close to saying defund the police and you fucked it up. It was almost defund the police, but then it turned to we're privileged rich fucks who live in a whitewashed suburban neighborhood. <laughs> Especially since the fucking reason the guy does what he does is because the he didn't have the resources to make the land colorful. So it's like if Bayer Ben fucking knew how to distribute resources. This wouldn't fucking happen. Oh, so what you're saying is crime comes from lack of resources. And that needs to be tackled instead of just putting people in jail. <gasps> Who would have thought that Zoobly Zoo of all things would radicalize people? 
I mean, not always. Like, obviously, there's some fuckers who are just always going to be bigoted and shitty and blame marginalized people for everything. But even still, it's like, yeah. <laughs> and plus, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because there's also another episode called Bear Behind the Badge where they get their first police officer and it's Lookout Bear and he starts going way too far with it and basically brutalizing the town and being a dickhead to everybody. I'm just like, progress? You know what? If I had to rank the most punchable faces in Zoobly Zoo, Lookout is at the top. Build a Beaver is number two. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what? No. Uh, Mayor Ben is at the top. Yes. Lookout's all number two. Build a Beaver is number three. Uh, although I will say the most terrifying character design on the show is Talkatu. Yes. <laughs> Something about her isn't right, man. Just Maybe that there is no green cockatoo that exists anywhere. There's black cockatoos. There's white cockatoos. There's red and gray cockatoos. There's cockatiels. There is no species of cockatoo that is green. If anything, she'd probably be a more accurate description of dinosaurs. Well, I mean, if anything, she could be a biologically male eclectus parrot because she's pretty much got those colors down. <gasps> it goes further and further. <laughs> anyway, Takatu is a trans eclectus parrot confirmed. Yay! The more and more I think about it, I think Van Gogh has the least punchable face. Lions are pretty cool. Li you, you see a lion, the last thing you're thinking is, I want to punch this in the face because that's going to end so bad for you if you do. Plus, he does have a good singing voice. I'll say that much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but be right back. I'm going to go punch a lion in the face and see what happens. Hey! <laughs> Part of me wonders what it would be like if these characters actually did act like real animals. Nobody would last a week on this show. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know this is a common thing to ask whenever a show involves anthropomorphic animals, but it's like, what did they eat? How do they survive in one climate? What is this? Do you guys know that there's an episode where Lookout finds a dog and it's an actual dog and not like an anthropomorphic animal? So even in this fucking universe, they have the Goofy and Pluto debate. Like, Good grief. I mean, I guess it's more reasonable in this universe because humans also exist, but also at the same time, what the fuck? Where is the line between a human, an animal, and a zoobal, if that's what they're called? There's just way too many questions about how class works in this show and who classifies as the top group. <laughs> Worth mentioning, by the way, is that this show actually had a brief revival in 1997. There were three direct-to-video shorts where the majority of the cast came back. I don't know. Probably to make some extra bank off of Zoobly Zoo, I guess. I don't know. What bank? It had, like, no viewers. <laughs> Nobody watched Zoobly Zoo even back when it aired. What bank could they possibly expect to make? The only thing I can come up with for that is that Hallmark doesn't really have a lot of kids entertainment. It's mostly just all the boring romance movies and all the Christian stuff. It's like it has one other kids show called David and Goliath and that's as far as I know exists as far as their kids programming goes. They did air The Muppet Show a couple of times and Fraggle Rock but yeah otherwise there's not really a lot of kids content so I guess that was their attempt to make their own Spongebob or something. If Zoobly Zoo was made now by Hallmark, would Candace Cameron be in it? Oh, oh yeah, she would be every single character in that show. Because they, for some reason, Hallmark just can't get enough of Candace Cameron. Because they can bank off of people who are like, hey, that's DJ Tanner! <laughs> <laughs>
Because who can't relate to a blonde, middle-aged woman who may or may not be homophobic? Well, she's not homophobic, but she's totally cool with her brother killing people. Uh. And so then it cuts to a really confusing bit where they're looking around for the thief and then they realize, we're gonna have to take the zoo chew! And I'm like, that is such a terrible pun. Zoo chew? Is that a fucking Pokemon? <laughs> Alright, zoo chew! Use trauma! And before that, they do this bit where, uh, so it's was that in Van Gogh and Talkatu and Bravo following the- So the thief leaves footprints, by the way, and- Which, they're not, like, normal footprints. They're not, like, dirt-in-the-ground footprints. They're just, like, literal paint footprints. So is this dude just, like, dipping his feet in paint and just walking around barefoot? Like- I guess. Maybe it's like some after effect in the land of black and white. It's like... (laughs) So he's the dumbest fucking thief imaginable. So anyway, they bump into each other and they decide to go to the land of black and white. So it's gonna be Fangirl and Wazat because Bravo and Talkatu pussy out at the last minute. For no fucking reason either. It's like, what do they think? The thief is gonna fucking murder them if they try to get their stuff back? Like... He's the least threatening thief, too. Like, I understand that they're upset, but he poses literally no threat to them whatsoever besides just stealing stuff, and he gives it back to them anyway, so... Typical privileged suburbanites acting like shoplifting means someone's gonna murder you. You know, Wazat does have a Karen haircut, the more and more I think about it. Also, it's so funny because Bravo is talking about how, oh, I'm gonna show this guy what- And Lookout is talking about how he's gonna give this guy what's coming to him and talk to to a degree. And then suddenly they're chickening out now. I'm like, fuck you. You don't- Is it wrong if I kind of wanted to see Bravo kick his ass? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. Like, I know it wasn't gonna happen, but part of me just was like holding out like, please just sucker punch him. I know it's wrong of me, but- Something about two grown men getting into a physical fight while in animal costumes is just so cathartic. Honestly, that would have been hilarious. So then it cuts to Van Gogh and Wazat going on to the Zoo Chu, and then they sing a song that was obviously pre-recorded because you see Wazat with her fucking flute dancing during the song, and I'm just I didn't like, notice that. What the fuck? I was just like, <laughs> okay, this had to be fucking pre-recorded. Like, oh yeah, the Tunnel of Surprise. Yeah, this is definitely something they do every now and then on the show and i mentioned that bill the beaver shows up once before this and never comes back he's in this pre-recorded segment and so's lookout and everybody's singing about the tunnel of surprise and how they're gonna go on an adventure only two people go on this adventure and the one they were singing it i was just like i don't want to see your tunnel of surprise <laughs> then prepare to your and your say that ride actually does look pretty cool it looked like a mixture of space mountain and the monorail it was tacky it kind of reminded me a bit of low budget horizons in a way because the imagery is the imagery in the show by the way is very 80s there's polygons everywhere in this show and just laser effects everywhere oh great now there's gonna be tunnel of surprise purists who don't want ips coming to it It was basically Body Wars before Body Wars. Yeah, it kind of was. Good news, guys. Zoobly Zoo Vaporwave does not exist. 
Oh, thank, thank God. God. <laughs> Michael Jackson vaporwave does, by the way. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Epcot vaporwave and also Videopolis vaporwave also exists. So, which all those things are good. So, which raises the question for me is there a Zoobly Zoo equivalent? of Michael Jackson that we just don't know about. There's gotta be, like, <laughs> hell, for all we know, it's just Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably like, this is my new Neverland Ranch! This is my real Disneyland! Okay, so we make it to the land of black and white, and I gotta say, this is pretty underwhelming, you guys. Yeah, it just feels like we stepped into Pleasantville or something. It's like, why is it just a land of black and white? Couldn't we do something fun, like parody a film noir or something? It's like, this is just boring. And there's also this weird border around the screen where it's just like rainbow shit. So I'm not sure what that's meant to represent, but... So the quality of the VHS rip from the episode I was watching was already really bad. So then you go to a black and white universe with a weird, unnecessary border around it. And I just have no idea what the hell's going on. Like, they're going to different lands, and this is populated by one human, by the way. We don't see anybody else... In this bland universe, whatever. Yeah, and it's like, okay, so maybe there's something there. Maybe everybody left because they were tired of the black and white. Maybe that could be also an interesting commentary on colonialism or something. But no, it's just some fucking... Nope, sad man just wants color in his neighborhood. Maybe they just didn't have the budget to hire any more black and white actors. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, we just got this one guy. Maybe... It's a reference to Yellow Submarine. A guy with a creepy-ass face, by the way. He looks exactly like Two-Face. If, like, his face was cut right down the middle instead of, like, half and half. (laughs) He kind of looks like a black-and-white version of when Hans Conried would play the magic mirror in those Disney Halloween specials. And honestly, I think it's kind of badass. You know how back when TV was, like, first invented, the performers had to wear, like, really fucked up makeup just so their faces would show? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is what he looks like. (laughs) You're right. Oh, my God. So we're talking about the quote-unquote villain of the episode, Huey Gray. And we find out that he's actually a wimpy little thief who's just like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to steal everything. I just wanted color. I I feel like if he just explained that to them, they would have been cool with it. Yeah. (laughs) Which, by the way, I should talk about the actor who plays him. He's an actor by the name of Boyd Bodwell, and he's credited in the opening as a special guest star. But as far as I'm concerned, he's had bit parts on Cheers, Remington Steel. He was in the Case Busters movie in the magical world of Disney. This is just some character actor stuff. I wouldn't exactly qualify him as a special guest star. I feel like they couldn't really get that many special guest stars of this show, so they just took what they could get. Although I did notice Patty Maloney is on this show. Freaking Lumpy from the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh my god! That was yeah. her? <laughs> yeah, she was Oh my on god, she was, even, she was also in Dumbo Circus as Dink the Koala Bear. <laughs> Which, yeah. I love that name, by the way. Dink the Koala Bear. 
Yes. She was also in Ernest Saves Christmas as one of the elves, and she was in that really terrible Chevy Chase and Carrie Fisher movie, Under the Rainbow. Oh, Carrie, I'm so sorry I had to work with that weird gremlin man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and she was also in Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School, so yay, good movies. So Huey Gray is basically just a less, somehow even less threatening version of the Winkster from that Barney Live in New York special, I think. <laughs> And say what you will about the Winkster, he was stakes for that show because there were basically no stakes at all. This show has surprisingly even less than fucking Barney. How can you have less stakes than Barney? How is that even possible? It's like, there is so much potential for actual ideas here. It's like, you could have, like, a a literal mystery or a film noir and they just don't do shit with it. It's just so boring. He's kind of like a reverse version of that one villain from that one Powerpuff Girls episode, that weird mime who was trying to turn everything black and white. <laughs> He's like the reverse version of that. Okay, so spoilers for the end of the episode, but when he finally regains his color, I really wish that when he starts thanking people, he, they just start beating the shit out of him like, they, like the Powerpuff <laughs> Girls do in that episode. Yes, they just start fucking being like, that's what you get for taking our shit, you little fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, seriously, dude, you literally could have just said, hey, I'm having a humanitarian crisis and we would have just given it to you. To be fair, Mayor Ben had the power all along because they call him and ask if there's any way they can bring color to the land because they suddenly decide they're his friends now after he fucking stole their stuff. So they call Mayor Ben and they're like, can we bring color to the land, Black and White? And he's like, oh, I don't know. It's going to be very hard. And then he fucking does it. Okay, listen, how much do you want to bet that in order for Mayor Ben to have given color to that land, he had to take all the color away from another land? Oh my god, you're probably right. He totally did. He totally, like, that is just some ass-backwards shit, man. But Mayor Ben is the worst kind of politician. Mayor Ben would be the type who wouldn't approve of $600. He'd approve of, like, $100. <laughs> I feel like Mayor Ben would have run against Donald Trump in the 2015-2016 primaries, but then go on to drop out of the race and support him. So yeah, during the scene where they call Mayor Ben, it's phoned in literally in the sense that Ben Vereen is just staring off to the side of the screen while the other end of the call has him superimposed in, and it's just a very cheap effect. Yeah, it's like, was that, like, set up like a screen call? Was he basically like that one guy in the superhero episode of Spongebob or something? Also, did you guys notice that Mayor Ben did literally nothing until this exact moment in the episode? He just sat around while people were getting their stuff stolen. He never once intervenes. Yeah, he... Oh, so he's, insert politician here. (laughs) He's basically fucking useless. He's just there to fucking be like, this is what's gonna happen next. This is what's gonna happen next. It's like, fuck you, you useless piece of crap, Mayor. You should resign. Just... Just like a real mayor. Ah! All of my citizens are pawns in my twisted games, and I'm just going to sit here and do nothing about it. (laughs) Also, I brought up the different lands and everything, but I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that there's a specific land for half-human, half-animal abominations, but there's lands where there's sometimes humans and sometimes not. Like, how does this shit work? I know I'm just overthinking fluff for kids but just 
this show broke my brain, you guys. It really did. It makes you think that because it's not interesting at all. It's so honestly, this is gonna sound like an oxymoron. It doesn't feel weird enough. It feels like if they were willing to go all out with the absolute most batshit plots, it would actually kind of work. But it really doesn't. This show is the anti-adventures in Wonderland. Yeah. Oh my god, that's a perfect analogy for it. Like Adventures in Wonderland has fun with itself. It's like. And at least say what you want about the Queen, and of course, rest in peace, Armelia McQueen, but at least in that show, she does things to help her servants and her citizens and Alice and everybody. So then they have to run back on the zoo chew, and then they end up getting back, and everybody's stuff is just returned. So then Bravo's talking about how, like, I heard the door open, then I saw my stats there, and then I was just like, um, so did Huey walk in on him changing? <laughs> I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. Nope. Nope. Well, someone broke into my house and I could have questioned it, but at the same time, my stuff's back, so I'm happy. <laughs> and then they end up seeing him again, and then they end up almost tackling Huey and are like, we gotcha, you thief. And then he's like, no, he's a good guy. It's like. Is he, though? Like. He still stole your shit, you guys. Y'all are being way too lenient. Huey is a fucking gaslighter. Huey basically could have just fucking asked, and then if they didn't appeal to his demands, then he could have taken drastic measures. But no, he just took drastic measures from the start. And then also he realizes that stealing all the shit was pointless because the world is black and white, so it's not gonna fucking work. It's like, well, no shit. Wouldn't you have realized that if you were going back and- By the way, his skin ends up turning flesh-colored when he enters the world, so does he just see that? And then there's also a scene where he also says, I'd feel blue, but I don't think that exists in this world. So I'm just like, so what does happen when you feel sad? <laughs> he does have flesh-colored skin, but he still has the weird makeup. Yeah, like, is that supposed to be, like, his actual skin? Is that what the people in his land look like? Like, what the fuck? How does this work? How does any of this work? It's so many questions, and it's not interesting enough to just ignore. Just, uh. I fuck. I, I I fucking hate this show. I feel, I feel like I'm going <laughs> I fucking, insane. I fucking hate this show. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> I have only watched one episode it all it took was a single episode, and I have just nothing but contempt. <laughs> oh man! And I don't plan on watching any more to try and change that because nothing's gonna change that. The show sucks. Also, when Huey ends up getting his color from Mayor Ben, and he's all red, I was just like, "Oh God, somebody deflated Ronald McDonald." The time I spent watching this show could have been time spent at a soup kitchen. <laughs> He could have been just eating soup and being reminded of how sad the world is than watching Zoopily Zoo. Oh, but some black and white little shit is going to come steal all the broccoli cheddar soup because he wants to know what yellow and green look like. <laughs> but you don't understand. I don't have any color in my town. And then I just throw the soup in his face. Get the fuck out of here, man. Dude, that broccoli cheddar soup was for homeless people, man. That sucks. It's also such a stupid goal, too. It's like, black and white are colors. Huey Gray absolutely scams people who go in transit on the Zubal train, and he goes pretending he's homeless, but he's not. Not to be one of those, if you don't like it, leave dudes, but 
why doesn't he just leave black and white world if he doesn't like it literally <laughs> he can yeah he has access to the zubal world or whatever the fuck it's called or what other worlds but he just keeps going back like just if, if it sucks so bad and you want color in your life just go dude <laughs> part of me thinks is that he just pretends to hate it and he's just a fucking con artist <laughs> For all we know, when he went back, there was actually no fucking color there. When he tried to go back, it was basically locked off. And so he was like, Mayor Ben is a fucking scammer. And it's like... <laughs> you know what? Him and Mayor Ben are probably buds. I'm sure of that. Probably. Oh, They're... yeah, no kidding. He's probably gotten in on a bunch of business deals with him. Hey, so you know how in the 1980s... The United States government actually armed and trained Al-Qaeda during the Cold War. Where was I going with this? <laughs> Basically, he's just there to fucking distract the Zoobles, so then this way they don't rise up against Mayor Ben for not doing shit. <laughs> Mayor Ben sent weapons to Huey Gray. <gasps> <laughs> oh my god. And then declared war on him. Huey Gray did 9-11. <laughs> We should talk about the People Make Mistakes songs, too, because, wow. Just, just, wow. Wow. The way this is resolved is just so forced and half-assed. I'm just gonna say it, Hannah Montana did it better. I will admit, this song is a banger, but it's just so out of place. People Make Mistakes, the YouTuber apology song. If Logan Paul sang this, I would have just totally forgiven him. No, just kidding, I would have, I would have hated him twice as hard. <laughs> Did you post a bad tweet today? Ah! Make your daughter feel really dumb. <laughs> Over a can of beans alienated your friends and showcased your racist tweets. Ah! <laughs> Kevin Spacey for his annual terrifying Christmas video is probably going to use that song and fucking <laughs> deny that he caused one of his victims to commit suicide. You know, Harvey Weinstein actually played that song for his defense during his trial. <laughs> I'm totally kidding, but I have a feeling I'm not. So then it ends with them all basically singing their goodbye song, and it's just the theme song kind of reiterated as a farewell. It's <laughs> it's like, now get the fuck out of Zoobly Zoo, because only we're allowed to live here. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> just kidding, don't, because Zoobly Zoo... Is full of racists. Zoobly Zoo is a sundown town. Zoobly Zoo is a fucking cult. It's a fucking Heaven's Gate cult. <laughs> no, Heaven's Gate was way more tolerable than this. You know, fun fact, for the longest time, I did not realize Heaven's Gate was a cult about aliens. I thought it was a religious cult. Yes and no, which, by the way, the four-part Heaven's Gate series on HBO Max is really cool. Yes. <laughs> So, like, yeah, basically the answer to is Heaven's Gate a religious cult is yes and no. Like, the, the whole thing was based off of Marshall Applewhite's interpretation of the Bible being about aliens. And that's kind of just the short version of that. <laughs> and you had to pretty much just be completely Volcel and have a short hair. And now, the first time in the new year, let's erase the fucking tapes, you guys. Not even a question. We're yeah. just doing it. Not even it. a question. Get rid of it. Fuck this show. I went 
kind of back and forth because on one hand, you can tell that the actors are trying. They're really putting their all into this show, which is more than it fucking deserves, honestly. I kind of feel bad having this verdict because you can tell the actors are having fun and they do have a lot of good memories with the show. The, the actors are the only people putting even a remote amount of effort into this shit. The problem is, is that it's weird with the aesthetic, but not at all with the plots or anything. It's just, there's nothing there. Even fucking Barney has higher stakes in this show. It's just, ugh. Everything about this show just feels cheap. It was cheaply made, it was cheaply produced, it was cheaply aired, it's just... It, it, it feels like they made a show just to get something on the air. Yeah, you can tell this is a Hallmark show, to say the least. Okay, so in the Mental Floss article that I read earlier, Steve Binder, the producer and director who supervised all 65 episodes, was convinced by the Entertainment Division of Hallmark greeting cards for one reason, to win awards... That was their number one focus, Binder tells Mental Floss, and we did. They, even they knew this was just to get a cheap buck. So I guess we weren't that wrong with the earlier Elsa Gate comparison. <laughs> okay, it's not quite that bad, I'll say that much. <laughs> it's Elsa Gate light. Yeah. Diet Elsa Gate. It's Elsa Gate without weird pregnancy teeth removal stuff. It's Elsa Gate with slightly some effort. That doesn't feel like a fucking AI, but. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure kids like this show in the 80s, but to me, this is just, it's fluff, and it's not the good kind of fluff either. It's just really frustrating and tedious to sit through, and I'm sorry I made you guys sit through this. Oh, it's okay, Tyler. I'll just come to your house and kill you later. <laughs> you know what, Randy? Totally fair. You know? All right, awesome. I'll say this much. It is fun to talk about. That's that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, this is going to be an erase the tapes for me. Not the worst show I've ever seen because there is some effort, but definitely not worth your time at all. Anyway, you can find us on channel underscore KRT on Twitter, channel KRT podcast on Instagram, all one word. We also have our Facebook group and our Discord server. We can just hit us up and we'll happily give you the links. You can give us a review on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, uh... Let us know how you feel about Mayor Ben and Huey Gray's business deals. And you can find me over at the usual Mission Breakout on Twitter, even though I do not want to go on Twitter anymore these days. <laughs> then you can find me on A Walking Pun on Instagram. And then you can also find me yelling at Mayor Ben that I'm not his fucking Zubaru and never will be. Uh, you can find me over at Cosmic Rewind on Twitter, but with the three instead of the E. Uh, you can find me at No Context Harley Quinn and No Context TGIF and on uh, various episodes of Escape from Vault Disney. And you can also find me at TylerFG on Twitter, TylerFG96 on Instagram. And you can also find me crying in the corner and just drinking my sorrows away at this point. One last note about this show. The copies we watched were so fucking broken that it kept cutting to static during it and was just fucking so broken. It's rare to see a show write its own creepypasta. Yeah, the, 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 the quality of the episode that was on YouTube was just awful. We don't even have to do our own outro for this episode because the show wanted to do it for us, so... We're cutting the static anyway, but at least our next topic will be better. Yeah. And with that, Happy New Year, everybody. 
Channel KRT crying in the corner and cutting the static. And we are not your Zubarus. Few times I've been around that truck, so it's not just gonna happen like that. Cause I ain't no Zubaru girl. I ain't no Zubaru girl.